What's up, everybody? On this episode of the Boston Ski Party, we sat down to discuss our top tested skis for the upcoming 23-24 season. As many of you might know, testing is our life here at TSM. It's how we get familiar with product, curate our inventory, and ultimately guide the end consumer in figuring out what makes the most sense for them. This past season, our staff notched around 30 total test days at over 25 resorts, and we got on next year's product from just about every ski brand you can think of. Ski testing isn't just part of our jobs. It's one of the most important things we do here at TSM. So it's only appropriate we kept it internal for this conversation. I'm joined by George, Matt, and Joe from the TSM crew. They all took part in a ton of testing this year and shared different perspectives on what's coming next season. As you'll hear us address early on, there isn't a ton of movement in terms of new skis or new constructions for the upcoming season. Most of our favorite skis remain unchanged or just got a graphic update. But there are definitely a handful of shakeups that gave us plenty to discuss. Now, I don't want to give away too much, but there is one family of skis that's been reconstructed and pretty unanimously has made its way onto the majority of our top tested lists. We discuss how these newcomers fit into the current ski ethos that's been established, and beyond that, we talk about testing in the broader context. Even when there isn't that much changing product, there's still so much to talk about when it comes to ski testing. So this is an episode I've been looking forward to doing since we launched the podcast. I'm really stoked on some of the stuff that we covered. Hope you guys are too. Enjoy the show. Holler. Is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap, too. Let's get it started here, boys. How's everyone doing today? Doing well. Good. Good. You look like you're doing great. You're also confirmed prior to recording are weighing at 149 pounds. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? 152. 152. 152. So you're a burrito. You're a burrito away from 149 pounds. After my burrito today, probably <laughs> 153. Well, I got weighed today, which what spurred the, the the talk. So, and I'm 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 you know I'm hitting my goals, dude. You know, you're no unit. I'm, no, I'm not a unit. I'm not six. I'm not over six feet, and I'm not 200 pounds. I, I mean, I was close to 200 pounds, but my frame just can't can't handle it, dude. You know what I love? Well, like when I tell people that I'm 5'11", which I actually am, mm-hmm. I'm legit 5'11". They're like, oh my God. You know, like shocked that I'm only 5'11". Like, so close to six feet. <laughs> like <laughs> the reason you think it's crazy that I'm 6'2 is because you've been lied to by a bunch of five foot seven people. Yeah. That are saying they're five eleven or six feet. That's true. And also, most five eleven men won't have the guts to admit that they're five eleven. They'll just say, "I'm six feet." Yeah, like me. Yeah, like Eric. your license. My license says six, six feet. <laughs> but I am five eleven and a half. And my LinkedIn says I'm proficient in Excel. <laughs> it's the same. It's kind of like the same thing. What did you do to lose weight? Because you were heavier than that. So this, this at winter the, at the end of March. At the end of March, like last week of March, I weighed 199. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just, I mean, I, I didn't change up my exercise regimens at all. I mean, I added a little cardio because the weather got nicer. Yeah. But not like heavy cardio by any means. I just changed my diet. 12 pounds is a lot to lose. And I know. So, so I cut out. So, yeah, four pounds a week. And, I, and I'm craving it. Oh, you're losing almost it's a pound a day. Bumps. Yeah. So I cut out cappuccinos because George was like, dude, you got to stop drinking cappuccinos. I was like, dude, fuck you. And then, then I started looking into it. I'm like, fuck, I gotta stop drinking cappuccinos. <laughs> so I cut out cappuccinos. Um, <laughs> I cut out pasta, which is like obviously my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So yeah. I, 
So cut out pasta. Cut it out completely. Completely. What? And then mm-hmm. I cut out um, all like wine, but because I drink wine when I eat pasta, so it didn't wine wasn't really difficult to cut out after I cut out pasta. Yeah. And I haven't had a beer since Killington. What? Yeah. Which um, that's the only thing, and pasta is like my favorite thing in the whole world. Like, I, I so love basically, it. he's gonna be putting the weight back on whenever. Yeah, pretty sure the here. Down. Yeah, the first yeah. seventy degree day in Boston. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, so I, I but I, I, I will say I'm, I'm, I'm craving, I'm craving a beer pretty bad. So, what are you gonna do for Cinco de Mayo? Margaritas. Yeah, those are much less calorie dense, right? Way it's it's not about the. It's not about the calorie. It's it's about. It, the, the way beer it, it makes me feel like I feel like I feel slow like one ninety nine. I feel, I feel it, it makes me feel like crap, especially makes and, you look like shit. Too. Thank you, and so which is why I decided <laughs> to cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like with all the travel we, we did this year as a group, and then like all the ski testing, and then of course like when we're when we're at at said ski test or at the company thing at Killington, like it's just after race part. I drank a lot of beer and and I'm not mad about it. It was a lot of fun, but I was like, you know, I got to like pump the brakes a little bit. I need to take a little, take a little break of the, of the, of the domestics. I mean, so you're not slamming on the brakes, just pumping them a little bit, pumping them right now. Yeah. 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 No ABS. I'm not locking them up, dude. Fuck that. Yeah. You're also doing like double doses of hydroxy cut. Slim fast. No, no, just creatine. Mark McGuire style. No, dude, that was Andrew Destin Dion. <laughs> no, I'm not doing, cre- but, but you should be, you should but be doing, Don's, you Don's should be doing, trying to get me to, to, you should be at least five, five grams a day, dude. He's, he's, he's been trying to get me to take creatine for a while. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not dude, there's nothing to be nervous about. Well, I could blow up like a balloon. No. Yeah, you could look like the you could look like the fucking whale. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, that's Shrek it. Shrek yeah. Same workout regimen, and I just cut that stuff out. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, my body doesn't like that at all. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's it's my favorite stuff to put into my body. Clearly, my body's like not metabolizing it at all because yeah. I lost twelve pounds in like a month and a half. You lost a lot of smiles too. <laughs> yeah, even <laughs> less less weight, less smiles. You know, I think that's the other piece of it. Like you're not even True. talking about the increase in cardio because of how many more muscles it takes to frown. Yeah, then smile. Yeah, boom. Damn so, it. I guess you guys are right. Yeah, I've been frowning a lot more. I haven't eaten any pasta. Yeah. My mental health has gone. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't know that pasta was a direct connection to my mental health? Yeah, yeah. weights All down, smiles are down, mental health is down. Yeah. I feel good though. <laughs> My clothes fit better. <sighs> so that's fun. So what are we talking about? You know, we're going to talk about skis, man. I mean, we've, we, it's, it's end of the season here for us as far as ski testing goes. And we got through a ton of stuff this year. Um, and what we were obviously need to cover, you know, what we tested what we like, what we, what we maybe don't like, uh, what's skiing well, what's going to check out at retail, um, and kind of go from there. How many test days do you think we got this year, Matt? Like a f- official test days? Um, we were just tallying that up earlier today, actually. We're we're somewhere around 30. Um, crazy enough, we, we hit, I believe, don't hold me to this, but somewhere like 25 or 26 different resorts this season with staff wow. going on test days. Oh, yeah. shit. That's really cool. Um, you know, some of the, you know, a, a couple of those were, were staff going on, you know, a trip, but pretty much everybody who goes on a trip here takes two or three pairs of test skis and comes it's, back and talks about them and writes a review on them. So, yeah. um, 
but yeah, true brand days or, you know, our Utah swing, which we'll talk about, um, you know, we hit five different resorts in five days out there with five different brands, six different brands, which is sweet. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of test days again this season. We, we definitely hit more, uh, resorts this year though, which is pretty cool to be able to test, test skis and boots and outerwear in multiple locations, conditions, you know, um, obviously we, you know, last, we got the full spectrum of conditions yeah. this year. Oh yeah. Test day. Number one was pretty grim. <laughs> You, you guys, I thought that you was going to be, this is what the rest mm-hmm. of our season is going to be. That was at Sugarbush, right? Yeah. 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 That was, um, that was for the East coast launch of the new blizzard rustlers. Um, they had a launch out in Jackson that we couldn't attend, but that was like all time. And then the East coast launch was, I mean, George and I rode up the lift full dirt ra- raining <laughs> and we were just looking at each other like, it's going to be a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Uh, first week of January, right after New Year's. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the skiing was still good. The skis were, you know, we were lucky enough to have rustlers all season long yep. starting, you know, first week of January. Um, you know, and at least for me, those, those were standouts for sure. I mean, yeah. So, the, so let's, let's start there because I think, I think we're all in agreement um, in this room and even at the whole company and that the rustlers absolutely fuck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With socks on. <laughs> yes. One and ski boots on. Um, both, I mean, all the rustlers, nine, 10, 11. Um, and of course the, the female version, the Shivas as well, but from overall, I think from everything that we tested from everyone that we've talked about internally, that's on everyone's top five list, if not the, the top ski. Yep. Yeah. Whether you want to say nine or 10 or 11, depending on, you know, where you want to ski or the style of skier that you are, but those particular skis are checking out. And I, from what I hear from other people outside of Ski Monster, they're not just checking out here, they're checking out everywhere. Yeah. Um, so let's start with, with the Rustler um, and what we like about it and why. Um, so we did uh, several days this year on current Rustler, the one that we're selling now. And next year's rustler. And those are some of the more beneficial days that we do because you can really feel the nuanced differences between mm-hmm. whatever. And um, what's amazing with the n- new rustler is you still have all of the low end accessibility that you had in the current rustlers, but way more top end, something that you can really step on, but it still pivots no problem. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a massive improvement over the previous rustler everything that people loved about how they could ski it at low speeds, lower angle slopes, still got that, but way more top end. Yeah. And, um, I think my favorite of, you know, the bunch, um, I'm kind of in a, I'm in a narrow waisted skis at the moment, but (laughs) I'm going, I'm going rustler nine. Yeah. That skis great. And then also ski that side by side with my other favorites, you know, the ripstick 96 black, and declivity 92 declivity 92 and serpo and i i i wasn't thinking that i was going to be so impressed with the rustler just going off memory of the serpo and declivity Mm. but the rustler hangs it does i mean and 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 you get you get more versatility in the rustler than you have in a declivity yeah i agree like i like carving a bit more on a declivity yeah but the fact that the rustler is that close 
and I can ski that thing everywhere. anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I was just overall, and I, I, I know we're probably going to sound like a broken record, but I don't really care because it's worth talking about it. But like overall, just completely shocked on how well the dead ski skis. Yeah. The, the, both the nine and the 10. And I think, um, I, I, I agree with you. I think the nine is great. I'm going to go 10 personally, maybe because I skied it more. I don't know. But I, I felt like I was on the 10 more often than I was on the nine. And I, for a ski, what what is it? I mean, it was 104, 106 underfoot for at the 10. 104, the new one's 104. Um, for a ski that's like above 100 by a few millimeters, like it doesn't, skiing at Sunday. It doesn't ski like over yeah. 100. No, and so from someone that's going to be, you know, talking to people face-to-face about this ski at 104 millimeters underfoot, like knowing that it could just literally ski anywhere yeah. as comfortably as it does without feeling it's like super demanding and it just hooks. I mean, it's it's really fun to think about that they made a ski in the low 100s that absolutely can ski yeah everything um which is pretty rad obviously to george's point like the nine is definitely more accessible to most for sure but knowing how how many days i have on that new 10 i i wouldn't shy away from really selling it to anyone that can oh no definitely not and i think that's you know throughout between rustler nine and ten both of those in comparison to current model those are equally as accessible at low speeds low angle way more top end and a ski you can tip up and absolutely shred on yeah yeah Yeah. and and at Free skier in Jackson in March. Obviously, we were we were spoiled with blower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were spoiled. <laughs> but but we also we also tested a bunch of skis in variable conditions and on groomers and and whatnot. And I mean, the standout ski for me at free skier was the Russell Eleven, which we didn't get a chance to ski um, on the East Coast for obvious reasons. We didn't have the snow, but um, you know, I found it interesting all season long from January right through April no matter what we skied on, like I felt like it always got compared to a rustler. Yeah. You know, that was always part of the conversation. Yeah. hundred percent. And I will say about the 11 touching what you just said, the first time that I saw, it, I didn't get to see it in person because I wasn't with you guys at Sugarbush. Um, but I, I think I just saw it like digitally, I think it was the first time I saw mm-hmm. it. And it was like, you know, that, that Alpine yellow, I think yep. they call it or something like that, that Yeti yellow, um, which I have, which is sick. Um, weird flex, <laughs> but, but, uh, seeing it in person was, was a lot cooler. Yeah. Is my point is dope in person. It's dope in person. I was amazed at that. Ski. Yeah. When Garrett was on that ski and, and cause I think you and I riding up the chair together in Jackson and, and it was just like, the lighting was good. The snow was like popping and you're like, dude, that ski in the wild looks really, really cool yeah. compared to seeing it just on like a, a computer screen or something like that. So seeing it in person makes that 11, even to, to someone that's maybe kind of shying away from buying a ski that's that wide or big yeah. or whatever. When you see it, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I can get it. I also felt like his <laughs> ankles were really strong on that. Ski. <laughs> <laughs> like when I watched you ski on that 11, I was like, man, you're, yeah, you get strong ankles. Yeah, I did. I did back then. Wow. Yeah. I have really strong. So ankles. for those of you who are listening, well, shouldn't it be stronger now that you have some metal in there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, reinforcement. Our last day at, at Jackson, um, for the free skier test, you know, Garrett was, he was a little, um, who's a little upset that that AP, you know, launched into the stratosphere on day one, right? Was he went one? effing huge. AP went effing huge. Yep. Landed at the airport. And, <laughs> and, and Garrett, Garrett all, all week was trying to, you know, to get it, to get his air shot. And he, he got some great shots for sure, but it, it didn't, it didn't pass, uh, it didn't pass the, 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 the launch off test that AP got the first day. So at the very end, almost last run, essentially. Well, back it up. What did, what did, what did run. AP do that morning? Called with, last day. With a picture of Garrett. Yeah. Mm. What an idiot. 
Yeah. So anyways, last day, last run, Garrett sees a, a pretty dope-looking feature in the backcountry of Jackson and decides to... According to Matt. According to Matt, and decides to basically... Shots are great. This is his moment. And... It's um, right? all that matters. And launched it, landed it, and broke your... You broke your what? Talus. My talus. Broke his talus. My talus. You broke his Which talus. I don't think anybody knows about, but and it's, it's an important bit. No, <laughs> no, no, that's no, still no, 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 no. <laughs> But what I will say from, you know, a, a, a spectator, you know, when it happened, I think, and I have the video, and you can hear me being like, oof, <laughs> in the video, I, I, I was kind of nervous because we were not in the resort. And I was like, this, is, this could be really bad. You know, Garrett has to get back. And, dude, like, I don't know if it was adrenaline or what the fuck, but... You skied all the way back dude, death, death on, one, sled, bro. on one ski, dude. Yeah, out of Rock Springs. Out of Rock Springs. I've been, I've been practicing that for a long time, just in case. Sometimes I'll just, like, take a couple of runs, one one ski, just in case I'm ever legless well, out there in the woods. It was impressive. I'm, again, sorry that happened to you, but you're. this is day two without the boot and without the crutches, so you're back, dude. I'm, I'm walking. <laughs> Joe, Let's. Yes. you heard our kind of take on the wrestler, so before we kind of move on to the some other skis that are that I've been checking out. You're nine, ten, eleven. Nine. Yeah. All day. I'm I'm relatively dependent on a ski that is easy to balance on. I'm not the strongest skier out there. And and the current rustler I really like, even though it's not as well rounded as the new one that's coming out. The new one that's coming out is just it's so much easier to feel where your weight is. And if you're kind of like me, which is not a profound skier, find myself in the backseat. I can feel myself in the backseat on the current Rustler 9, mm-hmm. and, like, the ski doesn't want to respond. Where the new one that's coming out, it's easier, it's a little bit more forgiving, still at low speed, on low angle, and then it rewards you more when you do actually find the front of your boot. Matt will tell you I've never found the front of my boots, <laughs> neither here nor there. When I think I found the front of my boot... It rewards you so much more, and you just feel like a stronger skier than you actually are, and that's kind of what I rely on. So, you, you know, another awesome th- ski. Another thing in the rust, like when you mentioned like the new ones feeling rounder, when we did that comparison of the current to next year's side by side, you can really feel how much almost like hingier or blockier mm-hmm. the current rustlers are. Yeah, like it feels almost like there's a uh, like a door hinge point in front of the toe piece and behind the heel piece, and um, it almost kind of feels like they're broken comparatively. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That that's actually I don't think I've heard you say that before. That 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 now like that term broken when you do side by side. That actually exactly how it feels. Yeah, especially when you get in like heavier snow, spring snow. Yeah, yeah. And you know the current current rustler has that you know band of metal in the middle of the ski. It runs about halfway up the shovel, and that's where that like hinge comes from. Now the metal for next year's skis runs up side entirety. primarily yeah and all the way up to the tip and all the way back to the tail so just like you said a little bit more even flexing rounder yeah. more versatile not feeling that you know that hinge point where if you're if you're really on it and you're in the front of the ski and there's heavy snow it's it it can feel like it's broken or hinging yeah the other thing i'd add about rustler is like the rustler 9 feels like the biggest improvement then rustler 10 and then rustler 11 um Probably changed the least from current to the feel, years. the way it feels. I, I, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I don't think the old Rustler Eleven didn't need nearly as much as the Nine. 
And Blizzard did a great job addressing all those problems. Right. They killed it. I remember I was worried when you guys came back from Sugarbush because you were like, oh, like it rails turns. Like it feels like a little bit like a declivity or a Serpo. And what I loved about the previous Ralph's or the current generation, is uh, how it's like pretty playful and feels kind of close to like a freestyle ski, but it has metal in it. So it can definitely provide that stability you need. Um, but I don't think the new rustlers sacrifice enough of that playfulness for it to be like, you know, lose yeah. that personality of the ski that I love. Yeah, it, it just feels a lot more gripped. Yeah, yeah. It feels a lot more gripped. And dude, do you remember that uh, day where we had rustler nines and tens versus ranger 90, 96, 102? Yeah. And how like, uh, I'm going to say like the rangers felt like soggy. Yeah, they felt like they wanted to give up. Yeah. Compared to the Rangers that Matt, Matt yeah. designed. To, to, compared to the 23, no. 24 Rustler, the, the Ranger 102s and 96s just lack substance. Berkowitz's skin is crawling right now. I know. Not at all, dude. I had nothing going? to do with those. <laughs> I mean, but still great skis. Just you different. Would, you had said they felt soggy. Idea. They felt soggy. They, it it reminded they, me of like being a kid and he, he'd like, I was eating my wheat checks too slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny and, too. And like, when I had braces, so they definitely got stuck oh, back there. Felt yeah. like felt like walking around in wet socks. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> which is funny too, because we we all I, I think I could speak for everyone. We all generally like the Ranger series a lot. Yep. And then when yeah. you ski it next to twenty three, twenty four, Rustler nine and ten, the the Rustler is just objectively a, a better ski. Well, it makes <clears throat> it really makes the Rangers feel like soft snow skis. Yeah. By comparison. And, I'm and saying I the think, 102. It, it makes the 102 feel... They're less capable on hard... The Rangers yeah. are less capable on hard snow yeah. than a rustler. And when you... 100%. And, and, and to Joe's point, <clears throat> that you do... Excuse me. That you, you ski a, a, a rustler 10 and then a Ranger 102, like immediately after, it, it feels like it's a soft snow ski by the, comparison. The only, the only nice part about that is now like there's a ski that fits into a category that didn't really exist before where, you know, we've kind of told this Ranger story as like, yeah, it can, it can more than hold its own on a, on a groomer. You'll be okay. And that's still true. But if we have that skier that wants like just a little bit more optimization for groomers, but doesn't want to sacrifice, you know, um, the ability to take it through the trees or bumps, the rustler works. Then if you have that skier that is actually going to have a more playful style spend or, or want to spend more time in the trees, it's easy to steer them away from the rustler and then back to a ranger. Everything has more of a home now and they can live together, but each of the skis, you know, has its own segment that makes it easier for us to get people on skis that actually make sense for what they're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And like George says, I mean, the, those, I feel like at least for our staff, those days, I mean, the, the brand only days are great, but I feel like the staff gets way more out of those days when we bring, you know, a category of skis you know, like, hey, we're going to test 90 to 100 millimeter, 90 to 102, whatever it might be. Um, you know, and then I feel like everybody's chatting on the chairlift with each other. Everybody's chatting afterwards when we're having a couple beers or whatever. Like, just what you guys just said, like, holy crap, now I'm really noticing the difference when I got off that Rustler 9 onto a Ranger 96, whatever, onto a Declivity 92, what the nuances were between those. You know, and just like you said, Joe, all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is becoming more clear the the declivity 92 guy is over here the ranger guy is here rustler guys here and now i'm finding out those small nuances where we can line up 
a customer's priorities and really steer them in the yeah. right direction. It's more defined, yeah. which is really, which is which is great, especially when you know you're actually the one talking to the person, yep. and you can just describe that as clear as you did. All right. So I want to, before we kind of talk about the Russell the whole time, cause we, we could, so let's just move on just a little bit. Cause I'm sure we'll come back to it when we start talking about our top, our top tested. So before we kind of think about that, like what we've, we, we've talked about internally a bunch is that there's not a ton of quote unquote new stuff coming out for next year. There's a lot Dude, of new You're going to break the ski industry saying something like that. <laughs> no one's there, ever actually said that. There out is loud. plenty new, but yeah, comparatively to, uh, to some other years. to other years. Yeah. Right? There's not like a ton of new stuff. There's new yeah. graphics. There's new graphics. Yeah. yeah. Which is, NGT. I guess, new. Yeah. But not like new models. So yeah. it, like we should, before we start to kind of go into well, other. Yeah. What is new? Yeah. So yeah, we should probably figure out or, or at least go through what, what is new, you know? So you have the Rustler, which is new, new. We would call it new, new, right? Not, not, obviously there's lots of new graphics. So you, you have the Rustler. Actually new. Actually, Actually new. new skis. New skis. We got Rustler, mm -hmm. Shiva, mm -hmm. uh, which is the female version of the Rustler. Yep. Playmaker from Milan. Yep. yep. Um, prime time from Milan. Prime time from Milan. Um, we get some new revolts from Vocal. We got a one uh, revolt. 96, 114. So two new revolts. And a Blaze 114. And a Blaze, and a blaze 114. 114. Yes. Yep. You don't have enough skis at 114. <laughs> <laughs> ARB. New ARBs. Oh, yeah, ARB. yep. New ARWs. Yep. Uh, K2 Mindbender C skis are new. Mm. Yep. Solomon Echo. New Touring yeah, QST yep. Echo. QST, Solomon QST Echo, sorry. Um, Nordic then, Unleashed 114 is Nordic new. Unleashed another another yeah. 114 that we need. So, so again, but like 114 is a new 96. It, <laughs> so so really, it's it's some new models that are put into lines that are already existing. Um, but line, for, line has some new skis, uh, right? Chronics and, and Bacon's, Chronics, I think too. So Bacon, I think uh, Invaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Bangs, new. No, I was no. like, wow. Um, <laughs> Joe, you're one of your favorites this year, right? Was the the new Sender Free 110 from Rozzy. Yes. That's brand new. Yes, definitely going to oh, be yeah. in my top yeah. 35. <laughs> um, bunch of new DPS, right, Eric? Once you find the front of that boot, though. <laughs> yeah, different. It comes to it's life. It's going to move on. <laughs> yeah. It's a different experience. <laughs> and then head cores are, are, are new, or there's just like a new top sheet? What's I think the they got a there? top sheet update. The Oblivions mm -hmm. are the new ones. Okay. Again, right, a, a, a one sixteen, one sixteen, yeah, Oblivion and a one hundred two, I believe. All right, so back to my original point is that okay? Now that we kind of listen to them, it sounds like there's a lot of new stuff, but there's really not that much <laughs> stuff that's new. Um, and if anything, there's just they're more new models and already a, a line that exists at a at a at a particular company. So the one new new one. That is a new ski, new model line that we've talked about a little bit before, but I think we should talk about it because you know we've we've got a ton of test days on it. Is the is the Playmaker series? Yeah, hell yeah, um, and that goes back more than a full year to prototype testing and correct. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got a chance to do that stuff early. Um, and if you guys have you know Ben Fresco's been on here and talked talked about it, um, but it's a great ski, and the obviously the name is super cool, but I think most important about the important thing about that ski is that they were missing a particular category in their line. 
you know, Ripstick, we've talked about it. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but like we all love that ski. Everyone seems to love that ski, but it's the Playmaker just kind of fills a different hole for them. It's a different particular, it's a product. A rounds t- out the collection. Rounds out the collection. And it, it, it's a ski that like anyone could get on it and really have a good time. Um, the 91 and the 101. And I know that, you know, Garrett, you know, skied on that a bunch this year. Um, so I guess I could just ask you f- to, to start first. Cause I mean, that's one of your top 10 skis, right? Yeah. Uh, so I skied on it. I skied on the 91 and a 180 a few times, which is too short for me. Um, <laughs> not to brag. And, uh, <laughs> huge tibias. <laughs> <laughs> So when you got the 188, you kind of felt at home. Yeah, no. So I was on the 91 and a 180 and loved it. Like I, I brought it out multiple times. Wouldn't usually do that with the with the ski blade, you know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, I, I I was really impressed with the 91. But we had a 180 101 here that I did not get on. So, mm-hmm. But I was looking forward to that because that's my width. Like that that 95 to 100 is my favorite width for a ski. Um, and you did ski the 188 101 though in, in Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I patiently waited for yeah. it, and it was well worth the wait. It, it it's an incredible ski. I did. I got only one day on it, but it was fucking sick. And it's so, I mean, probably but, my favorite ski right now. Right. Okay. So great. That's a great segue because you were skiing on the Bench at 100 188. Yep. Right. And so. Which, which we can talk about because that ski essentially until now with the playmaker and now the new ARV 100 kind of had its own category, right? Yeah. And Chandler 100, it was kind of standalone. Jojo. I mean, it really is standalone and mm-hmm. whatever brand just will like say that we compete against the bent 100. I mean, they're going to help develop that whole category Yeah. because like even going back a bunch of years to, you know, the vocal mantra, you know, that created a category of skis mm-hmm. And then Blizzard had the brains with the bonafide, like, this is our ski that is just like the mantra, but from Blizzard. And then that's the most. And everybody, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, even in, like, Ranger 102, Rustler 10, I mean, they're not talking really about competing against a bent. Right. No. You know? So if Alon does that with Playmaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my and, God. Uh, Line brought the Chronic up to 101. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Armada did it. Line did it. Oh, did, did it. it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I mean, kudos to the Ben Chetler. But if it, but Line and Armada have to, you know, tell a marketing story about how all mountain capable those skis are. Yeah, because the the Bent One Hundred right. is a capable all mountain park ski. Right. The Playmaker, same thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think what, another thing about the Bent One Hundred and on why you know they sold so many why people are buying them is that similar to the playmaker when i said like anyone can ski on it that bent 100 before the most part if you as long as you know how to ski like you can get on that ski and have a great day like anyone can get on that ski and feel like they're having fun and i think obviously obviously their sales are are (laughs) their sales because everyone else feels the same way and so now you have a couple other brands that see this they've basically market corrected themselves and said, holy, holy shit, like yeah. look at how many Ben Scheller 100s are out there. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do something about this. And Tough ski to compete against. You, yeah. have, mm-hmm. you have full freestyle park rails, jumps capability without feeling like you're on a park ski. Yeah. Without yeah. feeling like it's, it's, it's not enough if you're bombing groomers or in the trees or going for, looking for soft snow. So how, how would you say the 188 Playmaker 101 compares to... The 188 bent 
100. It's really close. It is really close. I would say that the 188 Playmaker 101 feels a, a little bit better when you get it up on edge. It feels a little bit more uh, stable where the, the bent... I mean, prior to getting on the Playmaker 101, the bent was the most stable ski in that category. Well, category. Free, we were just talking about how yeah. it was kind of the only yeah. thing. But... It felt that's what was impressive about the bend is that it felt so stable in a carve, but the Playmaker One Hundred One just it, takes it's, it. It's to something it. about, and I think that we we commented on it to Fresco when we were skiing, you know, protos at 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 Ragged about the bend. I'm sorry, excuse me, about about the Playmaker, and we said it it feels like a soft, snow, playful ski until you get it up on edge angle, and then it like locks in. And these are like prototypes, and he yeah, was like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what we're going for. And to your point, Gary, it, it does. Once you get it up a high edge angle, it doesn't feel like it has that playful tip and tail anymore. Right. And like, I think um, that's going to be a goofy thing for people when they get out on them and ski them because it is incredibly mm -hmm. playful yeah. at low edge angle or when you're running them flat. I mm -hmm. mean, it is you can park it one anywhere. of the more. Well, so exactly. But if you tip that thing up super high, which I think we got plenty of pictures yep. of a bunch yeah. of skiers on. I mean, that thing Hold grips, holds no problem. Which it's, it, awesome. it's almost it doesn't it doesn't really make sense when you think about how the ski feels even if you're just like holding it or flexing it or like what's the, the, the construction is described to you you're like okay well it shouldn't be able to do that but well, it, it does yeah but it's like in other skis it's more like linear like mm -hmm. as you like oh I'm at low edge you go this is probably gonna like grip a little bit better I mean that's like it's more of like an on off switch yeah yeah. It's cool. Which it's makes a lot of sense for that ski. Mm -hmm. so that's Slovenian magic. It does make sense when you think about the construction. It's constructed the same way as the ripstick, but instead of two carbon rods, you have one. Mm -hmm. That carbon rod is the difference between that ski and the bent. The big difference, yeah. right? That, I mean, that, that adds we, beef, and doesn't it take away weight? Um, well, you're, you're not adding other materials to it yeah and you just have the carbon rod on the inside i could be wrong I, all right <laughs> but but but, but to, to be to further what you were saying because we've talked about this before is that the we don't know what is in the ventella 100 yeah we don't know i mean i don't i mean they can tell you but like when you ski that ski you're like uh i mean they could there could be something else in here that, that, Dude, that, that it's is magic. It's not magic. It's not. It's not Austrian magic, Joe. <laughs> no, I, 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 that's a good point. But I think it's also like I go back to enforcers. You know, like how many brands chased enforcers for years and was like, "What the heck? What is? What's the magic sauce in here?" And and right and there there isn't any. It's like it's a it's a pretty normal, simply constructed you know, laminated wood core, two sheets of metal ski, you know, the, there's, there's companies over the years that have like really chased crazy technology when all they had to do is build a, build know, a good ski. Yeah. 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 Um, it's all you got to do. All right. So we're on the topic. So let's keep going because the new ARV collection is pretty cool. We, we had the privilege of seeing it in Armada's headquarters in park city, which was pretty rad. Um, we got the whole line from, from Matt and, and Hans. Um, and again, now that they're under the same umbrella uh, as, as Atomic, they were pretty open about talking about like they're building the ski because of the Ben Chetler 100 to a certain degree. That, that hey, well, we, yeah, they see the Ben Chetler numbers. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, okay, well, like, I mean, we, we make a ski similar, but how come it's not acting the same way that Ben Chetler 100 is acting in the market? And it's what's really cool in the ARV ARW. Um, 
is that whole new sidewall deal yeah, that they came up yeah. with. So they, you know, have a mole, they inject their sidewalls there. So they're not dependent on that other supply chain yep. issue. But instead of being a vertical piece, it's kind of like um, a wedge triangle. So when the press goes down, it ends up bonding um, stronger. I can't remember the percentage that it is more durable yep. than the previous ones. Yep. But I mean, you know, customer service, they don't warranty many Amr skis, Solomon right. Atomic, you know, Armada. So if this is even stronger, like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's just a park kid's dream. Yeah. I mean, that's a ski. That's a ski I would get to beat the shit out of um, in any ways with ARVs. One, I mean, it's always been one of my favorite skis. And I was stoked when they were coming out with the 100. Not quite as, not they don't hold up quite as well as the Playmaker or Ben on other parts of the mountain. But as far as a park freestyle ski, they do, they get the job done perfectly. And like, if you like a more playful ski, they're just fine everywhere else. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes, um, you know, at ski retail. You know, when you have someone like yourself or me or Joe or Joe or whoever, you know, when someone walks up to the wall, it's like, hey, you know, I've, I've heard my, my buddy bought a Benchella 100 last year and he really likes it. Yeah. And it just depends on the person selling the ski. Well, they could easily buy the ARV 100 yeah. now that it exists, right? Right. Yeah, or the, well, play, you, you or the Playmaker 101 yep. now that it exists. So now that these other skis that are really, really well built and ski really well are out there to compete with the Bent 100, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of fun to see what people what people you know gravitate towards. Yeah. yeah, and I mean everything I've said it in the last like five minutes has been Bent and Playmaker are my two favorites, and then ARV is right there, but not quite. It's not quite as like stable or anything like that outside of the park. Um, but prior to working in the ski industry, if I'd come into a shop, I would have needed convincing to not go right towards the Armada. Yeah, and right. Look into the atomic, and, or, or especially as a like lawn. A, as a freestyle. I probably would not have even. I would have been like, "Shut the fuck up, you <laughs> nerd!" Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the time, yeah, yeah, and I, and, and I think that'll be that'll probably take, you know, a year, a couple of years for that to to catch on. I mean, I think they've done a really good job launching the ski, marketing the ski. Obviously, we've been talking about it for a while as well, so it's not as much of an issue here for us. But I think. Brand wise, that ski it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit to to catch on because of just like what you said, you know that kid walking in who's buying an ARV or buying a Bend, it might take a little bit of convincing to talk him into the Elan. But once they to. once they get on it, it's lights out. I'm making it my life's mission over the next couple of years to make that ski cool with all the with all the with all the park pull I have. <laughs> you just yeah, gotta show should. all the Elon haters their song. And I don't even know what song you're talking oh, about. Be in. Um, we should dude, we should get Garrett's brother in here to talk about park skiing since he's the actual the athlete in the family. Yeah, that's a great idea. <clears throat> we should we should reach out. You think he'll do it? I mean which one? <laughs> We'll get a whole uh, the whole Finn family in here. One of them Finn is a family really podcast. Good <laughs> All right, so keep moving on. Um, another couple of skis that that are surprising that are new that I I didn't necessarily think I was going to like as much as I did was the was the Revolt series from Vocal, Revolt ninety six, Revolt one fourteen. I we skied them. I skied them a, a bunch of times in Jackson and here at Sunapee. And um, again, similar. I know it sounds like what. Like a similar way to describe it, but that that Revolt ninety six, like for a lot of people, like that could be a really 
awesome, fun ski for, for most people that just want to go out and just kind of like have a versatile, easy skiing ski that they feel like they can take anywhere. Yep. And that one, except port- for where it's bulletproof, yes. except for where yeah. it's bulletproof. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's a soft, softer, playful ski. I mean, you, you like that, that person that's cruising around. I mean, it's easy at slow speeds, mm-hmm. you know, it's great for side hits, great for parks, stuff like that. But I think just like what George said, I mean, when we, we tested that East coast and West coast on tons of different, you know, conditions and terrain. And I think that was, and again, not, not its intended use, but right. at high speed on hard snow. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> the most, it's the most one dimensional ski in that category, you know, compared to the playmaker and the bent and the ARV, mm-hmm. you, you can tell the revolt. You can ski it anywhere, but it wants to be in the park and it wants to be on soft yeah. snow. Yeah, and if I mean for me, if you put you know a Nordica Unleashed ninety eight and a Revolt ninety six next to each other, which we did, we skied side by side. I mean, it's not comparable. Com- night and day. Yeah, no, completely well, different. Dude, skis. that's that's another ski that we didn't even didn't even make it into the conversation with. Like you know, Playmaker one hundred and one bent. I mean, Unleashed is is close to that. It has more hard snow performance yep. than any of those. Yep. Yeah, but it does have a kicked up tail. Yeah, and where the Ranger one hundred and two yep. doesn't, Ranger ninety six doesn't. Yep. Yeah, and that, and that, again, I think going back to, to having the ability to test these skis so much and ski them side by side, I mean, that was, that was a, a day where we had all those skis. Um, you know, it just, it makes, it clarifies it a whole lot where just like you said, Joe, that person that's on the Revolt 96, you know, out of all those, like I like the Playmaker, I like the Bent, all those skis, I, I can see the, the usage, but like Unleash 98 for me is... I'll take that every single day in yep. any condition over the other ones. Not that the other ones are bad skis, but for where my priorities are and how big I am and how I ski, like it's it's Unleashed 98 every day. I agree. Pretty I, underrated ski. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I love that ski. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a pair. Like, cause I, I'm like, this is a great go to. It just lives in my truck. Things, yeah. I, I really, really well, like that. You know, and that brings up a great point because, like, as we've, you know, done all of this testing and the more you test, the more you, like truly understand that the performance and traits of skis are very objective. Your preferences are subjective. Like Garrett prefers um, the Bent 100 over the Maverick, Atomic Maverick, because it's more playful. Right. And mounted further forward, less directional. I prefer more directional skis that grip and rip. Right. Our preferences, easy. Those can be different, but we're able to make recommendations to people because the performance of them is actually objective. And I think the other thing in like ski testing that, you know, there are wrong answers. Yeah. Like your review of it. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The bent 100 does not grip better than the Maverick. Yep. Sorry. You're wrong. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's a, there is in what little, you know, endemic ski media is left. There's definitely a disconnect from what you said between objective and subjective, you know, we, everybody here likes a little bit different types of skis, but at the same time, you know, when we go out and ski these things back to back, it's, it becomes very clear that just like you said, one ski grips better than the other one. That's not, that's not a personal opinion. It's like, cool. This facts, this ski has two sheets of metal in it. And this ski has no metal and maybe some foam. Like that ski is not going to grip better. Even if you're a park skier, that ski doesn't grip better at a high speed on hard snow. I'm sorry. No, you know, exactly. It, it doesn't. Uh, so it's going to be interesting again, because 
to what you're saying to both you guys point like how what is left for ski media and how these buyers guides come out and how these rankings come out and these and people reviewing them well if there isn't that much stuff that's you know really that new you have some new models that we just discussed and touched on that when these buyers guys come out then the rankings and such should stay relatively the same if if they're happy with what they did the previous year which i would assume they should be since they hit publish on it right <laughs> like okay yeah i thought this well, was a good idea yeah then okay then no it shouldn't because our top tested skis aren't changing a lot no no, no i mean I, I put mine down the other day and i was like well this isn't that much different you know you add in the rustler and then you're like okay well even the new stuff i, I tried does it does it crack what what was it, you know, what's just coming out with new graphics for next year. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same rankings. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Joe and I had that discussion because you're, you know, obviously that's, that's some of our top viewed content every single year is, you know, the, the, the blog posts, what we talk about, some of the social posts, you know, what our top tested skis were. And obviously you want to, you want to refresh it, you know, and make it look shiny and new. But at the same time, Joe and I are talking about, it, we're like, yeah, well, a lot of these skis in our top fives didn't change other than a graphic. So, like, just like you said, one of you guys said, Rustler's probably going to be in all of our top five. Pro probably. Rustler and Shiva for, for the women. Um, so, yeah, that might change. But for the most part, a lot of those top skis, at least for my top five, you know. Oh, same. Yeah, one or two are, are going to change out. And, and in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, that looks kind of crappy. But, I'm, but really, at the end of the day, no, that looks consistent. You know, yeah. and, well, and well, not only that too, and I'll speak, you know, just from my own, you know, bias is that I, I want to, I want to go into the testing process and like, I want it to change for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to get on something and be like, I want this to be my top ski. And but, then like you ski all the stuff and you're like, fuck, it's the same. But if your priorities <laughs> changed, yes. well then your list is going to change. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we, you know, list in that, you know. Uh, blog posts like who you are as a skier, what you prioritize, bang, this is the favorite stuff. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I think that's really helpful for people. But the other thing, like when we're testing all these things and I'm on skis that I wouldn't necessarily prefer to be on all the time, like understanding where that ski could be positioned and who that might make sense for. So when I'm talking to whatever customer, this makes sense for you and your priorities, but it's priorities first. And then yeah. you go from there. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, and when we were, when we were in Utah with Armada, um, you know, it's no secret, you know, declivities are, are very well liked here and we all feel like they're, they're underrated skis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't think for Dude, a long, is that the most underrated ski oh, right 100%. now? 100%. I yeah. think so. 100%. I think so. And it's, it's such it, a bummer because it's underrated. on year, this was year three. Yep. Yeah. Underhyped. Mm-hmm. The industry, God, industry wide underrated and every people, it's every product manager's favorite ski. Yeah. From every brand. Yeah. You ask them, you know, you having dinner or having a meeting, whatever. And you say, Hey man, like, what do you like from, from outside of your brand? And every single one of them is like that declivity 92 is fucking sick. Yeah. And then when they go All to rebuild, whatever their 90 millimeter all mountain ski is, they're like, let's get on those declivities. Yeah. They're like the, the declivity is a benchmark for, for our, sure. for what we're trying to figure out yep. the following year. Yep. For and sure. the fact that it doesn't get nearly as much love as it should is, is, is kind of a, bummer. well, well, I, I mean, I think it, it's exactly what Garrett just said, you know, walking, walking into a shop, Garrett's a wannabe park skier. He walks into the shop and he's like, dude, Always I'm not, I'm not considering Alon as a ski that I'm going to purchase. I'm buying, I'm buying a Armada. I'm buying a forefront. I'm buying an atomic, whatever it might be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Um, but I, I, my personal opinion is I feel that's, that's a little bit of the issue with the declivity skis. Like Armada is so well known in the freestyle, you know, market, like maybe some people are walking and not taking that ski seriously when that thing is, I mean, it's a staff favorite. It's an absolute machine again, depending on what your priorities are, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not a soft, playful twin tip ski by any means. No, it's not. But the, um, but the fact, and the fact that, that you can compare, you know, this is a shot at the Kendo, which is like one of the best selling skis probably of all time, you know, in that category is like, you can ski a Kendo, right? Okay. Ski the Kendo. We all know how it feels. Cool. It's cool. And you ski a declivity that's supposed to go up next to it side by side, 92, 88 or whatever. It, it's, it's so much better. The declivity. The declivity. Yeah. Then the kendo. Yeah. Like it, you can't even, and if someone wants to argue, okay, fine. It like to your point, everyone has a different feeling. What's he, but like the reality yeah, I mean, is you could like skis that are dead. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is, is that <laughs> that declivity is dying. 92 is, is significantly more fun. It yeah. feels better. It and initiates has higher top end like, uh, is stable and it is lighter. And it's, it's so harder, better, faster, stronger. Hard, Daft Punk, I think and, the song and, about and, it. and beat you up less. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the other thing. I mean, that's, that's a ski that it's a super powerful ski, but at the same time, you know, even, even on the low end, you know, it, you can still get it up on edge and it still initiates a turn fairly easily for a ski with two sheets of metal. But, you know, at the same time you can ski it all day and not, yeah. not feel beat up. And I, and I think at least, at least for me that I, I do get that feeling with some of those vocal skis. And I know that that's part of their heritage and their DNA. Um, but I think that pendulum is swinging a little bit the other way in the industry right now where, you know, people want skis that are easier to ski. St they still want the performance, but they want it to be easy and, and they want to be able to ski on it all day and not, and not feel beat up. But from a salesman's perspective, I mean, myself or any other person that sells skis to, yep. to people face to face is that, it's it's still to this day, which it shouldn't be, but it's still hard or harder to convince someone to buy a Declivity 92 than it is to get, get them to buy a Kendo 88. Well, and I think a, a huge piece of that is, you know, not only is Armada known for, you know, making park skis, they never built race skis. They never were right. in yeah. you know, right. the There's World no Cup. Yep. But the factory that builds all their stuff does have race heritage. Right, yeah. Atomic builds everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you trust Atomic... But oh no, because it has this Armada logo on it, you're not going to trust that. Right. Yeah. But if that, if the, if the Declivity '92 said Vocal Kendo on it, it would or Nordic Enforcer. Oh my God! It'd be the best selling ski ever yeah. for years. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. You're right. It would be. And, and going back to that point on the on the on the top five and how it how it it isn't going to change much for a lot of us at least. Um, you know, I remember being in Utah and both of us being on Declivities and you know, halfway down the run stopping and just looking at each other and be like, fuck, these are still so fucking good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Yeah. Like, but it, only, it, only idiots ski on Armada, right? Talking. <laughs> no. What <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> is that what your parents tell you? That's what my dad says. <laughs> <laughs> my son skis on Armadas and he's a fucking idiot. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> a true story. He's talking about my brothers. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's go kind of go through our, our top fives. Um, oh Jesus! I no, dude, yeah, that. we're not prepared for that. No, 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 not have that. We don't. We don't have to. No, we don't have to go like I'm saying. Like in general, like what we what we are thinking that I think that's what we're doing right now. All right, fine. Yeah. I don't All, right, All right, then then let me say this. Then I, I'll say a new ski that we didn't talk about that I'm like kind of like really stoked on 
that it's kind of like a, a weird sleeper dark horse kind of ski, especially for ski monster. Because I don't know what he's gonna oh, say, God. dude. He's, he's so all about nervous. that Rosie Forza. No, stop, no. Dude. oh, <laughs> dude, seventy which, degrees? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm you can't get a head edge angle that high. I can. Sixty nine no. is my max. The- <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Eric, we're listening. Dude, I'm nervous. The Nordic Ascent vest. Oh, oh, yeah. That kind of, kind of a weird. It doesn't really fit into like kind of our mold here for the most part uh, on like what we would bring in to, to kind of get behind and sink our yeah. teeth into, but crazy fun ski, really dope yeah. ski. Yeah. A little more f- obviously front side oriented ski. I mean, uh, again, we were lucky enough to be able to test that ski in late prototype phase mm-hmm. in Kitzsteinhorn in Austria when, yeah. when we took a trip over there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the trip there. Essentially. I remember, Corby came down and asked one of, one of you two guys, like, hey, what do you think? And one of you was like, dude, this thing's done. George said it. Yeah, he's like, this, this done. is done. Like, send it into production. And, and Corby's like, yeah, I knew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I obviously knew that. Here we go again. We bring yeah, up Corby yeah. during a you podcast. You brought it up. God damn it. You brought it up. Um, but anyway, no, that's, I, I agree. I think that's, I mean, they have so many, they have so many skis right now that are probably going to overshadow that for a year or two. But I, but I agree. I mean, the, we had a lot of good days on that ski. Now, one cool thing with the steadfast and is they have that, uh, whole dual core deal. Yeah. It's cool. You know, where it's like wood core metal, wood core metal. Mm-hmm. And when you're on that, it doesn't feel hingy like the current rustlers do. When is it all of a sudden not current? I mean, that's that's what's hard about doing these for it, us. It, it's still current right now. We got three years. It's still <laughs> we're talking three years of products, but okay. So two, 2023 Rustler feels hingy in comparison to new Rustler, which feels round, right? Correct. So, so like that hinge feel in the Rustler I was talking about earlier. Yep. You remember that? Yes. You, you got it. Yeah. Okay. The the steadfast. It doesn't feel hingy, but you can kind of tell like where the uh, the platform is that you're supposed to be balancing yeah. on that. It's an easy ski to balance on. And if you get off, you know, like, Oh, I'm supposed to be a little further forward. And I think it's going to be great for a lot of people to figure out how to just carve and take their skiing a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised at how accessible it is for a ski with, with, you know, a wood core ski with two sheets of metal. I mean, it's still, you know, a, intermediate ski can still get on the skier can still get on that and have a good time. But I think you make a really good point. Like that's a great ski for, for somebody who's looking to progress a little bit, you know, especially on the front side terrain. I mean, very obvious where the sweet spot is Yep, because of that dual core. I could, yep. I could ski that ski like here in new England, like at Sunapee or Killington or, St- or whatever the hell you are just skiing. Yeah, yeah. I, I could ski that every single day and be totally fucking stoked. Yep. It, it's awesome. Yep. It's an awesome ski. I mean, graphically, it's pretty safe. So you can kind of see who they're kind of, you know, going at after with the ski. European driven, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, yeah. that's fine. Like, I, I can get over the graphic, but it's not something I would choose to, to ski on as far as how it looks aesthetically. But the skis itself, like, ripping around, I mean, it's 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 incredible. Yeah. Re- really fun. Yep. Good choice on that one. That one actually surprised me. Yeah. yeah. That, that one was great. Um, and then, so, all right, I want to ask you guys this, too, because if we're not doing top fives. Um Will the Ripstick Black 96, the, the ski that we've all loved so much and hyped up, is it all gonna is that ski gonna make every single person's top five again this year? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's still a benchmark. I mean, that was, again, that's another, that's another well, thing for us that I, I feel like we mentioned a bunch of times throughout the season when we skied other skis and then, and then on those comparison days had the ripstick black there. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it still hangs for sure. I kind of wanted to like other stuff more just so <laughs> the stuff would change and it, it didn't. Me too. I, I, I purposely didn't ski on it for a while this year. Cause I was like, I've had enough. Like we've talked about it enough. Why would sold you enough torture yourself? Like that. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not going to ski on it. Like I'll ski on this other stuff. It, it, up light it, it took, it took, yeah, it took, it took, it took a while. And then I finally got back onto it. I think it was just a random centipede day when we were doing like, you know, like 90 to hundred or what, yeah, yeah. whatever. And it was like the first run and it was it, maybe the second run. Cause it was one that knew that we, we mounted because the other test one was, had so many days on it. It was completely <laughs> fucking beat. So we like grabbed a new one, mounted it. And I think I might've been the first person on it or the second yeah. one on it, whatever. And I was like, Oh my dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I didn't want it to be as good again. Cause I wanted to kind of mix it up. Like we just talked about, but, yep. and I get, I know this sounds like we're just hyping the ski up, but it's, it's still, it's still like a benchmark, all quote unquote, all mountain ski and 96 millimeters of foot that it's just head and shoulders above a lot of the other skis. Yep. The market. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a benchmark for all the skis coming out for 24, 25. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. Yep. It's very true. And another ski that doesn't doesn't feel like it, it's 96 underfoot. You know, when, no. you're, skiing, when you're skiing it, you're, it's it's just easy. Yeah. You know? Um, so. And I think that's a tough thing for people to get over. Like, it's not supposed to be hard. Right. <laughs> like, you take yeah. all these lessons, you maybe go to the gym, you're less hungover, you get better boots, you get clothing that feels and fits better to make things easier and more comfortable. Right. That, you know, you're not necessarily on a less than ski if it's easier. Right. It's supposed to be easier. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, th I think that's a, that's a huge... A huge issue overall, probably industry wide, and I think that's part of the reason why that pendulum has swung a little bit, you know. And of course, it's probably going to swing back at at some point, as the ski industry always does. But um, you know, we were talking about skis that, that beat you up a little bit earlier, and 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 again, I think there's not there's nothing anymore to sitting on a chairlift with a guy that's like bragging about how stiff his skis are and you know, how much he gets beat up by him. Like, dude, I feel like for me, I feel like that's over, but I, I will give, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to pick on vocal, but I, I, what I will give them is they are one of the few brands left that have like brand allegiance. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I know, I know one person that would want to sit on a chairlift and brag about how stiff their skis are. His name is Dave Brown. <laughs> 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 and you'd be stoked he's probably listening to this so yeah. he's gonna be like fuck yeah, yeah dude marshals <laughs> yeah <Tana's>. yeah <laughs> i can only ski four runs but those four runs dude i'll beat you down couldn't turn but man um no but uh, but you know I, I hats off to 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 vocal for you know keeping keeping so many customers you know into their brand for so long well we should talk about a new ski brand peak skis that got a ton of wild hype this year we we saw a ton come through and we were able to scoop up a couple pairs on like a legit like a legit crazy deal we bought those buy one get one so technically got them for like 500 bucks <laughs> each but um, I, mean, they, they, I mean they were they were hand crafting them which is why they took so long for, for them to get here right 
Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Technically 250 is skewed. So just, just say it. <laughs> so I, I, I see the deal on Twitter. Um, like, you know what? We need these skis anyway. We need to know how they ski in case anyone asks. Peaks, Perfect. Peak skis. I was going to buy them anyway. Full price. I have a promo code for buy one, get one. Awesome. So um, order those skis. They took like five weeks to arrive uh, because... You know, they needed to be inspected in Montana or something ridiculous <laughs> after we had watched them be inspected in Slovenia where they're made. <laughs> so, it, like, that's not a C. Look on the ski. It says made in Slovenia. Milan builds. Milan builds some of the best stuff. It's an amazing factory. Um, but get the skis and was fully expecting those. Like, already had it made up in my head. Like, these are going to be sicker than a Serpo. And it sucks that we can't sell them because Alon killed it with a Serpo injustice, like yep. we were just talking about. So what did they do for this previous ski racer who goes by the name of Bodie Miller? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what did he ask for? And then ski him at Stowe, and I'm like, man, this, this isn't as exciting or as you know, performance-driven as I thought it was going to be. What it reminded me way more of is the Stokely storm riders, which I yep. really feel like was the benchmark for them. And now thinking about it in hindsight, like a person buying a ski with Bodie's name on it, you know, probably wants something that skis like a storm rider. Yeah. And, you know, Stokely definitely makes some skis that absolutely shred, you know, very performance driven grip can arc. Um, the storm rider isn't that. And I mean, we experienced that the first time we yeah. tested on that, whenever that was, yeah, and we got, and we're like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah. the fuck were we thinking? Yep. Yeah, and, that, um, and that's interesting though. So I think, and I remember having this conversation with you, and that that's a really important reason why we we also test gear that we don't sell here, um, because people still ask about it. And I think peak, you know, launching a new ski brand is a big thing, uh, and really hard to do in this industry. Obviously, with Bodie's name attached to it, I think majority of people had an idea in their head of how these skis were going to ski. And, you know, we all talked about it internally here and we're like, dude, these things are going to be fucking burly. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, I mean, you, again, you think what Bodie's background is. um, Judging a book by its cover. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I think all of us, when we first got on, you know, 88, 98, were a little bit deflated only because in the, at least in the back of my head, I was like, Oh my God, this thing, this thing is going to ski like, you know, a laser ARAX, a curve GT type of, you know, really high performance kind of front side oriented ski. Um, and it didn't not saying it's a bad ski cause they're good skis. And I think storm riders a good ski. Yeah. And I think they actually did a, a smarter job and hit the meat of the market, making the ski a little bit softer, more approachable, but in the back of my head, I was a little bit disappointed because I was I was thinking and maybe hoping that it was a little bit more, you know, burly. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, we and I got on it right after I got I was skiing on a kendo. Yeah, like oh, back to back. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wow, wow, yeah, that's a little different. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that is way different. I I went into into like the second turn, like in, on on the peak, and I was like, oh oh oh, yeah, these bend, these bend, yep. yeah. I got a dope ass photo that day though. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the the best peak though, I think, of the collection, the one that they did the best job building is the peak one oh four. Hundred percent. They absolutely nailed that shape. Shape they killed. 
And it'd be really interesting, like, if Elon's proprietary technology, like, just went into that, like, oh, let's just make one for fun. <laughs> like, let's see yeah. what this thing can yeah. really do. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah, that was interesting. So you had bought 8898. We skied that all over the East Coast. Um, and then, obviously, we went out west uh, for a free skier magazine test. They had peak was there. So we skied, we skied everything from them out there. And including I think, the SCs, including the SCs. Right. Um, yeah, that the 98 SC, right. Am I saying that right? Yeah. And those are the more, the lighter weight, a yeah. little more touring, touring oriented, yeah, which I'm not I sure. I like that. I'm not sure those should have been in, in my opinion, those should have been part of the backcountry test and they should have just kept the SCs out of the, the primary test, but here nor there, but well, why would you think that it has Bodie's name on it? He's a ski racer. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Um, but it was it was very interesting how all of us that got on the 104 were like immediately like this is the best this is the best shape and flex profile out of out of all the skis we skied. You know, um, it was just it felt significantly different and better than the rest of them. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, again, great skis. Um, you know, not available for us to sell, but I would say between Posting content and testing peak in J skis this year and people. Oh yeah, we ski J. Yeah. Oh yeah. People, yeah. people seeing that content, like the amount of DMs that we got in relation to those two brands was insane. And of course, they're like, "Oh my god, you're gonna be selling those? You're gonna be selling those?" Yeah. Um, but and then it turned into as they saw us testing them more and more and against competitors, just like you said. You know, that day you skied Kendos and then the 88s. Immediately, people are like, "Okay, I've owned Kendos for seven years." How does that compare to that? You know, it, does, um, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it does. Again, it, it comes down to where your priorities lie. Um, but you're right. As far as, you know, skiability goes, they're, they're, they're night and day. But, um, but yeah, good segue to, to, I mean, we had an incredible day with Jason Leventhal up at Stowe this year. Actually, one of the few, like, pretty good snow and good weather snow. days. Yeah. Yeah. We saw, yep. we saw the sun at Stowe that day, <clears throat> which we got a patch when we left. And we like we skied some powder, we skied in the trees, mm -hmm. we skied some hard snow, we saw the sun for a little bit, then it turned into your normal New England day. But that was dude, that was a that was just a very high energy day. I mean, every day with Jay is pretty high energy, but like that was just it was a super fun day. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we see a lot of Jay skis come through the shop to get mounted. And I yeah. think we probably we we've all skied. I mean, you guys skied Jays back when you were powder magazine testers yeah. and we skied about free skier and stuff, but, um, he's really good at, at, you know, changing and developing skis pretty quickly as well. So I think we all had certain ideas in the back of our head and we were very pleasantly surprised. I, it was funny when, when we get there and he had some stuff set up and we like walked up and like the first thing that he said, he's like, I can't fucking believe doing a demo for a dealer yeah <laughs> i haven't done this in 10 years what am i doing what am i doing we're like no no yeah. no 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 yeah. no we're not doing that yeah we're, we're just here we're, we're gonna have some fun we're gonna ski some skis we're gonna have some, yeah. some beers and we're gonna go home it's gonna be great yeah yeah Can't i'm doing a demo for a dealer <laughs> so after that uh day with jay though you know we got pizza at picasso or whatever for a late lunch yep and then headed to sugarbush and skied with solomon yes yeah um, and stance is new for next year. That's a new construction right. and much yeah. improved. Yes. We much improved. Forgot, we forgot about that. Yeah. Stance um, is much improved. Yeah. Um, I mean, I never really complained about the current stance. That wasn't, um, an issue for me. 
um, as far as like turn initiation and um, being accessible at lower speeds. But the new ski is significantly better at that. And there's nothing wrong with being better at those things. Yeah. And, and I felt that obviously we, again, we skied those, skied those in the East coast and we were lucky enough to ski those at Alta. We got early ups at Alta bluebird day, just amazing groomed terrain where like, was so it, sick. it was so sick. It felt, I, it, I can't believe they, they let us up cause we weren't with anybody. Dude, didn't yeah. you post a photo of Lauren? Yeah. Today? To, yeah. Today. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that was, she, I think, I think she was like wearing a shout out to Lauren Samuels. Yeah. Sub Lauren. She also couldn't believe that they let us up there early ups unsupervised, (laughs) which was great. But, um, yeah, going back to the stance, I think, you know, again, I I'm like you, George, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the stance 96. It's a, it's a powerful ski. It's, you know, I can see where some people would have a problem initiating a turn on it. Um, never found never found the speed limit on that ski i mean it's 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 legit but i think the they improved it definitely on the low end and didn't give up anything on the on the on the top end performance wise so yeah i don't feel like i maxed out that ski and that day especially at alta you can get skis absolutely cooking yeah yep so and to give it context like we're skiing alta groomers before the lifts are open yeah. there's no person you need to avoid <laughs> right so it's absolute you know it's completely pinned. It's yeah. sick. Yeah. On, per, on, <laughs> it's on, it's like, it's on like perfect fake, groomers. It's fake life. Shit. Yeah. 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 It's like you're literally, it's blue. There's yep. no one else there. Well, it's kind of like the Yellowstone club vibe, except at Alta. Except at Alta. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's it, I almost every, the, we've done it twice now and both times, like when we're doing it, I'm like, I don't even believe we're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. But that's Thank, good. Th- thanks that's, Joe Johnson, Lauren and uh, Dakota for hooking it up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And McKieran. And McKieran, and McKieran as well. So, um, the world's best backward skier. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> flies. Um, but I think th- I think that's another another ski that probably gets that whole series, that whole category gets kind of overshadowed by QST. You know, that's kind of where I feel like their bread and butter is, and definitely where their marketing machine is behind is is QST. And um, obviously, they've got that new Echo ski, which we can talk about as well. But um, you know, they really didn't have anything prior to Stance, like in that all mountain category, like. 86 to a hundred. So, um, when they came out with stance, you know, I, I think it was, it was just a little bit too powerful for, uh, for a lot of the skiers out yeah. there. Um, so I think after what, two years they made a, they made a construction change, which is fairly rare. I mean, mm-hmm. typically you'll do a graphic change, you know, maybe the skis will, will run four years before they get a construction change. Um, so kudos to those guys for taking, market feedback and saying, okay, we, we probably overbuilt this a little bit. Like let's, you know, I hate to say, take something out of it, but l- let's make it a little bit more accessible for more people. You and know? it still has a home against QST. Like yep. they didn't, there's no overlap. No, not at all. And you know, QST is they're they're great skis, but they are, you know, as you've heard in this podcast, we spend so much time skiing on everything. I mean, they are more soft snow oriented, yeah. all mountain skis and everything. That's where they fall mm-hmm. in that end of the spectrum. Yep, for sure. And you know, when we were, you know, at Alta, you're skiing on, when you end up on a groomer on a QST, you know, the snow is dry, it's grippy, you know, awesome. And, you know, the gang of us here looking at each other like, man, did I maybe have this 
wrong. Maybe this is gripping better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoot, maybe we got to reevaluate. How's but, the tune? What? Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, you know, you get back to the East Coast, and when it gets scratchy and it's more bulletproof, the stuff that we have more often here, mm-hmm. that's when that ski starts to Fall struggle a bit more. Yeah. But if you're a skier that is, you know, I want all mountain performance, I ski all over the place, but like my priorities are soft snow, off trail trees. QSD is going to be freaking awesome. Awesome. Yeah. One thing that we've talked about on a few chairlift rides is how deadly the QST could actually be if they brought that ski to do some more East Coast validation. Yep. If they made that ski just perform a little bit better on yep. harder snow and have more hard snow performance, ski of the year. Mm-hmm. Be, I mean, it'd be lights out. It would be a yep. ripstick. It'd be a ripstick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be a ripstick. Yeah. But it would say solid on it. <laughs> yep. So yeah. they'd, they'd sell more. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's, I I mean, it's, it, it's a whole other podcast for sure. But I think the, what we, what we talk about often is, is, I mean, George, you made a great point about how, you know, the snow's drier, the snow's grippier. Obviously there was a whole lot more of it, especially in Utah this year versus the conditions here. Um, you know, how, how tunes affect that, you know? And I, and I think, um, we're we're lucky enough here to to be supplied with a lot of skis to use for the entire season so obviously those those factory tunes or maybe a rep tune or some other dealer that tuned a rep skis that eventually goes away and it it goes through our shop and everything gets you know everything gets the same tune if it's in the same category um so we're we're really lucky to be able to experience that but then when you go out west and then you go to a magazine ski test or wherever um you never know who has tuned the skis if they're waxed if you know they they might be somebody with a race background they tune a ski a little bit more aggressively on the side than you know i mean factory ha- dude, does. what skis were we on at jackson hole they were overtuned. oh my god a lot of them yeah yeah a, lo- a lot of <laughs> yeah them. yeah a lot of them um I- i'm not going to call out any any names but I-, I will commend the guys that you know you're not you're not a you're not allowed to say too, too much, but I think we got on a, on a couple skis early in the morning and came back and just told the, the, either the reps, the marketing people, whoever's there from the brands, like, you know, these are, these are too tight, you know? And, and for the most part, those, can you just explain to listeners what too tight means too tight of a tune, what that feels like? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it can either, it can feel like you're, you're on rails. I mean, it can feel like you, you know, when you tip the ski up, it's, it's just either running straight or it can feel really, really catchy, you know? So you, you go to nervous and catchy where you go to tip it up and it just immediately hooks and runs across the hill and you're like, holy crap, we're in soft snow. And I think, you know, not knowing conditions, um, is tough if, if maybe they were at a previous ski test as well and they had tuned for 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 those conditions um, but yeah when you get a ski that's that's over tuned in soft snow it's it's a bad time I think a lot of people know what a what a dull ski feels like on hard snow mm-hmm. um, obviously it's the complete opposite feeling but it's just as nerve-wracking when you get on a ski that's too tight or over tuned has too much bevel and you're on soft snow yeah I was on. I can't remember what ski it was, but um, in one of our backcountry laps at yep. Jackson, I was on, it was way overtuned. Yeah. And I wasn't letting those skis leave the ground. Yeah. Because I was so nervous about what was going to happen. That you're going to hook landed. up and just get yeah. pulled. Yeah. yeah. D- day one, morning one, and we did that hike and it was like perfect conditions. And the skis that I were on, like, I, I just thought I forgot how to ski. 
Yeah. And I, I was oh, like, yeah, you had that fucking weird ass turn. Yeah. Where you just like couldn't turn the other way. Couldn't turn. Well, and then, <laughs> so, so then I, I then, switched. Do you remember that? Yeah. What skis were those? I, 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 I'm not going to call it. Yeah. I'm it doesn't even matter. It. But, but, but it, 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 it was clearly, it was a ski that I've skied on many times before. Yeah. So I know how the ski skis. Yep. And great. I'm not the best skier in the world, but like I can fucking turn, you know? Yeah. And it was, and so you're like, it was perfect soft snow. Perfect soft snow. Yeah. And so it was I, perfect. It was it was crazy. And so yeah. I'm, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm skiing really poorly. Um, I think it, it's, I'm not going to blame the skis 100%. And yep. then as we kind of kept getting down further and further, I'm like, there's something, there's something yeah. weird. Oh, I remember. Cause we switched. And then I, I was like, I Yo. said to you towards the bottom, I was yeah. like, Hey man, just, can you, can we, we switch just so I know yep. like that my legs work and you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and we switched and like, I got on what you're yeah. on. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is like, okay. So there's something wrong with, I mean, granted, I'm not just blaming the skis, but like there was definitely something that you're like, yeah. this is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's not that there's like a, a ton of consumer demos anywhere, but um, you know, that's, that's something that needs to be considered. And for the most part, it doesn't happen too often, but it's, I mean, it's happened with staff even here before, you know, at, you know, I remember at Pico a couple of years ago, actually it was with Kara who's, you know, a ex us ski team racer. And she got on a certain set of skis and was like, Oh my God, I hate these. You know, and then did the same thing. Switched and was like, "Oh, the, these these things are railed. Like it's it's the tune." Mm -hmm. She got on them once we had a demo pair. They were tuned internally here. She skied them a couple of times and was like, "This is a completely different ski." Yeah, which it's not. It just came down to a tune that tunes was, matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, I think that's that's literally a whole podcast. And you know, maybe we we get somebody from Wintersteiger or Montana or somebody in here to to talk about that as well. I think. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's amazing how much a tune can make you feel like, A, you can't ski or feel like, hey, this is a, this is a bad ski. Yeah. You know? And it, at a test as, as big as, say, a buyer's guide test, like it can make or break someone's, someone's year if no one calls it out to the person that, that's you know, there as the brand representative is a, hey, man, like you got to, this is X, Y, and Z. Or you yeah, just no. lack the awareness that this could be a problem Correct. as a yeah. tester. Yeah, or that yep. too. Which, yep. which is, yeah. Which, and then you're doing all your results off that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and again, I think that's, that's just as important on the tester side. Um, and again, George, you made a really great point that not, not all testers, not all skiers. I mean, even some of the best skiers out there can't necessarily recognize that, Hey, th th this might be a bad tune, not a bad ski. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it, it doesn't happen too, too often, but I mean, we ran into it a couple times this year at, at a national, you know, magazine testing. Granted, those those reps or those manufacturers were great about, you know, you walk up to them and say, hey, I think you might want to check the tune on this and they'll go out and ski it or even just feel it with their hands and yeah. be like, holy crap, this is this is way too tight or this is way too sharp for this soft snow and, and they make a correction. Um, but there's definitely outliers, you know, where maybe skis get dropped off by a brand and that nobody can stay there coupled with a tester that doesn't know that it could be the tune and and yeah that that ski all of a sudden right to the bottom of the list right to the bottom of the list you know um but i i, I do think that's more on the on the rare side of it but yes tunes tunes matter mm -hmm. they do well we covered a lot um i'm a little disappointed you guys didn't want to you know take a glimpse into your top fives i know everyone's very secretive about the hair <laughs> As soon as the email goes out, everyone's like, ooh, ooh, when am I going to disclose my top five? I got to get it. I'm going I'm to hold it close to my heart before I let everyone else know. Yeah. 
Yeah, so fine. Gonna be so fine. Dangerous. We don't have to talk about it. We we that was good. We we covered a lot. We tested a lot, and uh, we got to do boots too. With that, we'll do that another we'll time. We'll do a separate one. But yeah, a lot. I mean, quite a bit, quite a bit new in the in the boot category for for next season for the fall for twenty three twenty four. So that that'll be a separate one. Yeah, separate one. For me, I I'm just the biggest thing is I'm I'm interested to see. I'm always interested to see what what, what happens with the buyers guides because it's always like fun to get it and to see you know what we bought what tested well, what didn't, you know, especially knowing that we're part of one of those tests. It's interesting to see what other people feel like is skiing well, you know? So this year in particular, there's not, wasn't a lot of, we were there. There's not, there wasn't a lot of, of you know, newer stuff. There is a lot of the same stuff from the year mm -hmm. before. Same thing at the other magazine test from what we heard through the grapevine. So, well, dude, let's do another, let's do another podcast. Once those have come out yeah. and let's just go through the results. Yeah. Yeah. And say what's right and wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, and I hope, I hope no, really nothing, yeah. nothing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if they say that a bent 100 grips better and carves better than a Maverick 95, we're going to call out shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm it should it. be. Yeah. That's a good idea. I like what, that. And, I, like and I think that, I mean, we'll keep it for that podcast cause I think that's a great idea, but I think, I think something that, that is missed and has been missed on those ski test sides that, that we kind of we do differently because they've missed it over the years is, is the comparison factor. Um, and, and making it easy for the end consumer that might not know, or it might be a brand new ski, a playmaker's brand new ski, comparing that to a bent and, and what, what we feel the differences are and, and who a bent might be better for versus a playmaker, I think is really important, you know, and, and granted they only have so much space, but, um, you know, some of these are done pretty well where they're comparing maybe an, a, another ski in the same category, but I don't think, I don't think a lot of them are, are doing that enough where it's actually helping the consumer. Well, but the part of the problem that they have though, is they don't deal with the end consumer. Right. Like we do. There's yeah. a disconnect. And like, I think what has driven me crazy about some of the buyer's guide stuff in the past is you're so zoomed in on this product, this product, you don't realize it's just, if you zoom out, you don't even have to zoom out that far and you yep. just shot yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. And when we do all those comparison videos, I mean, we compare, you know, three, four skis at a time. And then, you know, there's however many videos. Yep. I mean, it's fucking hard to make sure that you don't. Yeah. Like I need to say this correctly yep. because there are wrong answers. Yeah. We don't want to be wrong. And, you know, how do we make sure that if someone watched all 50 videos that we did, they know where everything is placed and how it makes sense. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that goes right. I mean, literally full circle goes back to objective versus subjective, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great idea when, when test results come out, um, you know, and then we can, we can talk about other stuff test related, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as far as, and, and George and I have talked about a little bit on blister, but um, you know, probably will never change, but just how, how the, the test could be a little bit more fair or, or the playing field could be evened between manufacturers. Um, but again, I, I think that's, that's a, that's a big part of, of why we do what we do. And then again, make sure that, you know, like tune wise, everything goes through, you know, downstairs here before we give it a fair shake and yeah. be like, Oh, cool. We had a brand day. We left with six pairs of skis from vocal or whoever. We're going to go out and ski them 10 more times probably, but we're going to make sure, you know, that they go downstairs and everything gets tuned the same. So yeah. the, the Kendo is, has the same tune as the Ripstick 88 has the same tune as the Ranger 90, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
But yeah, I think that that'll be. Well, it's the only fair, it's, the, it's the fairest way to do it. Yeah, um, which is the most important thing because there's so many variables, and from from a tuning standpoint, sure, but also like snow, the day, yep, like all of it. So to to have everything at least be at like a baseline where then you can go and like, okay, we're gonna ski them at all these different resorts, different conditions, different days makes a big difference. And and I think that's why, you know, we all ultimately we we do talk internally, obviously, but I think we all end up with like the similar top 10 ish yeah. skis. And it's like, I think it's a testament to the fact that how much ski testing we're doing, yeah. how many different skis we're on and what's actually really skiing. Well, yeah. So, yep. all right, sweet. Joseph final thoughts. Uh, no, I mean, I just can't believe you gave up skiing the ripstick for a while. Still hung up on that. Caught me off no guard. Light beers, no, no light beers. No light beers. No, yeah. no smiles. No more smiles. No more, no more smiles. pasta. God. All right. Coffee time? Coffee time. Coffee, coffee time. time. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace.